Hey everyone, I'm Debbie Roberts, owner and financial advisor at Property Apprentice. Join us today for the Week in Review, where I talk about current events for the everyday investor and home buyer. Our topics for this week, number one, CoreLogic on the 27th of June, trade-up premium falls, creating opportunity for upsizes. Second topic from Good Returns on the 28th of June, the New Zealand economy in recession, but not dire, according to John Key. Third topic from interest.co.nz on the 26th of June. ASB economists say that the current influx of migrants doesn't appear to be adding significantly to demand pressures in the economy, but it is easing the country's labour market shortages. Fourth topic from RNZ on the 26th of June. More investing education needed despite KiwiSaver interest in Gen Z, research finds. And fifth topic for this week in review from Stuff on the 26th of June. 30% of landlords say they want to sell, but will they? So first up this week from CoreLogic on the 27th of June, trade-up premium falls, creating an opportunity for upsizes. Moving to a larger property in most parts of New Zealand remains a significant financial challenge. The gap in median values between three- and four-bedroom dwellings exceeds $200,000 in Auckland, Hamilton, Tauranga, Wellington City and Christchurch. However, this trade-up premium has decreased in the past year across most areas as property values have declined. Notably, Upper Hutt and Lower Hutt experienced the largest percentage drops in the premium at 24% and 16% respectively. Although the decline in property values has reduced the trade-up premium, it is important to note that the premiums are still substantial. They range from around $150,000 in Upper Hutt and Dunedin to $200,000 to $250,000 in areas like Franklin, Tauranga, Wellington City, Waitakere, Hamilton, Christchurch and Papakura. Auckland's North Shore and Manukau areas have premiums exceeding $300,000, while the premium in the Central Council area is approximately $530,000. Other regions with trade-up premiums above $300,000 include Queenstown, Waipa and Hastings. In contrast, trading up is more affordable in places like Kaoro, Otorohanga and Klutha, with premiums ranging from $35,000 to $74,000. Auckland City stands out with the highest trade-up premium in New Zealand, which has actually increased slightly over the past year. The challenge of moving to a four-bedroom property, coupled with uncertainties around sales, timing and costs, has contributed to a bit of a decrease in relocating owner-occupiers. Despite the challenges, the current property market conditions present opportunities for trading up. The decline in property values can result in profitable relocations, allowing buyers to save money or acquire better homes for the same price. As the property market stabilises and confidence gradually returns, there may be pent-up demand from households keen to relocate in the latter half of this year. Investors and movers will be key groups to watch as they navigate potential benefits from policy changes and changing market dynamics. It's also important to point out that the added benefit of future capital growth and higher value properties, for example, a 5% capital growth on a $700,000 property is larger than it's a larger increase than a 5% capital growth on a $500,000 property, which can increase your net worth faster than you could save. And that's great if you're interested in strengthening your financial position for the future. Second topic for this week in review from Good Returns on the 28th of June, the New Zealand economy is in recession, but not dire. John Key. 
Former New Zealand Prime Minister and ANZ Bank Chair John Key stated that although the New Zealand economy is technically in a recession, it remains in good shape. Key attributed the recessionary environment to high interest rates, but emphasised that it's not as severe as some perceive it to be. Key highlighted the resilience of the economy by citing ANZ's experience as the largest mortgage provider in the country, with one in three mortgages under their purview. Currently, ANZ's mortgages that are 90 days or more overdue account for only 0.45% of the total mortgage book. That's significantly lower than the 1.5% seen during the global financial crisis. Mortgagee sales are also at minimal levels. However, Key cautioned that when the interest rates for around a third of ANZ's mortgage holders increase, they may start feeling more financial pressure. Nevertheless, he expressed confidence that these customers will adjust by making lifestyle changes, such as cutting back on discretionary spending. Key expressed optimism about the New Zealand economy, citing its capacity to produce high-quality food and attract tourists. He supported immigration, noting that immigrants tend to be hardworking and provide a good education for their children. However, Key warned that inflation could persist and prove challenging to address. If inflation remains elevated, interest rates may stay high for a longer duration, potentially impacting the overall economy. Nonetheless, Key reassured that the current recession will not be as severe as the recessions experienced in 1987 or 2008. If you'd like to learn more about investing in property, join me at one of our free events called How to Succeed with Property Investing in 2023. I'll discuss strategies for successful investing from my perspective as a financial advisor, and these events are available live, online, or in person in our office in Auckland. Check out propertyapprentice.co.nz for upcoming dates and register today. We don't sell property, so it's all about increasing your knowledge to reduce your risk. And if you've already been to one of our free events but you're not a client of ours yet, if you'd like to find out more about how we can help you to reach your financial goals, you can also book a no-obligation phone call or meeting with my husband, Paul Roberts, via the website. That's propertyapprentice.co.nz. Third topic for this week in review from interest.co.nz on the 26th of June, ASB economists say the current influx of migrants doesn't appear to be adding significantly to demand pressures in the economy, but it is easing the country's labour market shortages. ASB economists Mark Smith and Catherine Shearing suggest that this current surge in inbound migration is unlikely to result in the same level of inflationary impact as previous migration booms. They state that the influx of migrants does not seem to significantly contribute to demand pressures, reducing the upside risk to the Reserve Bank's official cash rate, or OCR, settings. The economists highlight that despite booming net migration, there are limited signs of an immigration-driven boost to demand in the New Zealand economy, which is currently in a recession. Household spending in the housing market haven't shown substantial growth despite the increased need for housing. However, the economists note that there are clearer indications that higher net immigration is alleviating labour market frictions and enhancing productive capacity. Smith and Shearing believe that the current OCR level of 5.5% could be the peak for this cycle. They attribute the reduced inflationary impact of immigration to the composition of migrants, with younger individuals arriving and older individuals leaving, which may moderate the boost to demand while supporting the labour supply 
of which I'm sure is helping many businesses stay afloat at the moment. Regarding the persistence of the recent migration upswing, the economists state that it's challenging to predict. While forecasts from the Treasury and the Reserve Bank of New Zealand assume a short-lived surge in net migration, the economists broadly agree with these views. They expect historically high net permanent and long-term inflows to continue in the coming months, but anticipate a gradual decrease as the economy slows down, reducing the attractiveness of New Zealand as a migration destination. They also predict that departures from New Zealand will increase over time as recent permanent and long-term arrivals explore alternative options. As a result, annual net permanent and long-term migration is expected to cool to approximately 40,000 persons in the coming years. In the meantime, we can expect to see increased pressure on market rents, particularly in Auckland, where the majority of new migrants settle in New Zealand, and in the near future potentially also increase pressure on the property market as the new migrants look to become homeowners in New Zealand once they have New Zealand residency or citizenship. Fourth topic for this week in review from RNZ on the 26th of June, more investing in education needed despite KiwiSaver interest in Gen Z research finds. Encouraging findings from the latest research indicate that the younger generation's actively taking steps to boost their retirement savings. A survey commissioned by ANZ Bank focused on the Gen Z age group, that's 18 to 24-year-olds, and revealed that one in four individuals increased their contributions to KiwiSaver over the past year. This age group also displayed the highest propensity for making changes to their KiwiSaver accounts, including switching providers and making additional voluntary contributions. Fiona McKenzie, ANZ's Managing Director of Investments, expressed satisfaction with the young adults' engagement in investing and the early start in growing their wealth through regular KiwiSaver contributions. However, the survey also highlighted the challenges faced by this demographic, such as the high cost of living and the prevalence of contract work. McKenzie emphasised the importance of ongoing education for better long-term investment outcomes. Increasing the number of savers is a significant objective, as only 46% of Gen Z members currently make regular employee contributions to their KiwiSaver. The survey uncovered a concerning trend. 20% of 18 to 24-year-olds expressed weariness towards investing, along with 24% of all KiwiSaver members. McKenzie stressed the need to address this sentiment and provide support to alleviate concerns. Regarding the impact of market fluctuations, 28% of 18 to 24-year-olds stated they were less likely to invest due to recent financial market declines, compared to 20% among all KiwiSaver members. On the other hand, 26% of the younger age group indicated an increased likelihood of investing compared to 10% of all surveyed KiwiSaver members. McKenzie underscored the significance of even small contributions to retirement savings schemes, highlighting the long-term benefits. Initiating retirement savings at a young age was emphasised as a crucial step, with opening a KiwiSaver account being a simple yet impactful action. As an investment financial advisor, this is something that I help our clients with at Property Apprentice. See, we're not just about investing in property. Being in an appropriate KiwiSaver fund can make a massive difference to your ability to purchase your first home and also later in life to help fund your retirement. 
If you were a client of ours, I could help remove the guesswork and fear out of investing. I mean, there's no such thing as a no-risk investment, but the more you know and understand about what you're investing in, the easier it is to maximize your returns within your comfort level, thereby reducing your fear and improving your chances of retiring without financial stress. Fifth topic for this week in review from Stuff on the 26th of June, 30% of landlords say they want to sell, but will they? Experts suggest that while record numbers of landlords are considering selling properties in the current year, it does not necessarily mean a massive exodus from the market. According to the Crocker's Tony Alexander Investor Insight Report, 30% of the survey respondents expressed intentions to sell, which is an increase from 25.3% the previous month. The rise is attributed to the decrease in mortgage interest offset against rental income and pressure from higher interest rates. However, past experiences have shown that many landlords who initially express the intention to sell often reconsider after evaluating long-term profitability and alternative investment options. The outcome of the election will also impact investor decisions as National and Act have both proposed reinstating mortgage interest deductibility and reducing the Bright Line test. Positive market indicators such as peaking interest rates, booming net migration, the potential for rising house prices, to name just a few, suggest that the market won't be disrupted by a wave of property investor sales. I mean, you know, if you were a property investor thinking of selling and you thought that the house prices were about to start increasing again, chances are you'd hold on to those properties as well, especially when rents are on the increase also. And there's a chance we might get a change of government. So we'll get rid of that stupid non-tax deductible interest on your mortgages. Retirement remains the primary motivation for landlords considering selling, followed by the changes in interest deductibility. And that makes sense, doesn't it? Because, you know, people entering retirement, especially if they're the majority of property investors in New Zealand who only own one rental property, chances are they'll need to sell that property in order to fund their retirement. If you're more strategic with your property investing, you might not need to sell in order to fund your comfortable retirement. So it's all about strategy these days, not about the property itself. I mean, the property is important as well, but you know, it's more of a game of finance now than a game of monopoly. Despite the increase in intentions to sell reported in surveys, sales figures and market data don't support a significant number of landlords selling their properties. And I would suspect that the majority of landlords wouldn't want to sell their properties. They'd only sell them if they had to. The low sales volumes and weak flow of new listings indicates that landlords aren't rushing to exit the market, probably for all the reasons that I just mentioned. But while tighter regulations and higher interest rates can create short-term concerns, property does remain the favourable long-term investment due to your ability to leverage, the ability to have asset control, and the potential for future value appreciation or capital growth. Historically, survey responses regarding selling properties following policy or interest rate changes haven't resulted in mass sell-offs. Landlords are cautious and waiting to see the outcome of the election before making significant decisions about their portfolios. The positive trends in migration numbers and rental demand contribute to this holding pattern. All I've got to add about this is be careful who you vote for and make sure that you actually vote. Are you ready to take your property investing journey to the next level? 
Joy now, how to succeed with property investing in 2023 events, where I'll give you my insights as an experienced property investor and as a licensed financial advisor, including proven strategies and tips that can help you to maximize your returns and minimize your risks. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just starting out, this seminar is designed to provide you with practical information. Don't miss out on this opportunity to engage with us and ask your questions in our live event about the property market. Visit our website at propertyapprentice.co.nz and register today. Spaces are limited, so don't muck around. And alternatively, you can schedule a no-obligation phone call or meeting with my husband, Paul Roberts, through our website also. That's propertyapprentice.co.nz. Thanks for listening.